This is the Horse Radio Network. Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1373, brought to you by Wintech Saddles. Today's tip is excerpt from the Horses in the Morning Health segment featuring an informative chat between show hosts Glenn and Jamie and Dr. Jones. And she's going to talk about how to tell which leg your horse is lame on. Jones from Florida Equine Veterinary Services. Thank you for joining us this morning. You're welcome. I'm happy to be aboard again. I am so happy that you're like uh, becoming a regular part of our show again. It makes me, it just, I love when I, oh, I open up the computer and I see your name on, on our list for the day. Oh, thank you. That's so nice. Thank you very much. Well, I, one of the questions that we were going to talk to you about today is um, one that I think all of us at some point, <laughs> probably a hundred times have said, okay, hold on. Which leg is my horse lame on? Which one? I think I have one right here, Dr. Jones, now that is lame on all four, <laughs> but we'll, we don't need to worry about that. We'll just get to the, which leg is my horse lame on? What do you, how do you, how do you, when you are assessing a horse for lameness, well, how do you start looking at it? Well, first we look at them standing still and we look for obvious swellings, which most people should do anyway, every day, walk around the horse when they bring them in from the pasture because they can get into anything. And uh, so that's the easiest thing as we start with that obvious swellings, um, obvious heat by putting our hands on them. That's a big thing. Granted, a dark horse standing in the sun is going to be hot on its legs. Try to do it in a cool shaded area. Uh, You can even hose the legs off and see if you feel heat because really bad heat, they'll see, you know, it'll still come through after hosing. But that's the um, first place we start as a veterinarian. And then the second place we start is movement. So each gait has so many steps it takes. A walk is a four-beat, four-step gait. A trot is a two-beat gait. And a canter is a three-beat gait. So I get the comment all the time that says, oh, my horse isn't too lame. I just saw him running around the pasture. He must be getting better. When they run in the three-beat gait, they can actually kind of cheat. And the, ho- the leg they hurt on, they don't have to touch it down very much. And the other three legs can do the work. So the trot is the gate that us veterinarians use to evaluate a horse. And it's a two-beat gate, and they really can't cheat. Opposite diagonals move at the same time. So as you're seeing a horse trot towards you, you remember you're riding them, you're sitting on their back, you say right, left, right, left with their right front leg, not the right that you're looking at, <laughs> the right that's their right front leg. So it's an easy two-beat gate to say and see to yourself as you see them trotting along or trotting away from you right, left, right, left. And when you do that, you're going to see them either skip or hop off of a leg. And if they're skipping or hopping off of a particular leg, as I'm looking at the front legs, right, left, right, left, and it's the right one, they're barely touching down and they're kind of hopping off of it, then they have a pain in the right front leg because they don't want to land on it very, you know, firm, very gently is all they're trying to do is very touch down and get, get off of it very quickly. So that's how we all start. We can get a more specific... Uh, about that. I'm sure you have more questions as I keep going. Uh, I, I, you know what, what I love about you is I just, I just pull the string on the back of the toy and I just let it go. 
Okay, well, then I'm going to keep going. Yeah, I keep going because this is great. Because so, so at this point, we've now looked at the horse standing still. We've walked around it, looked for swelling, looked for heat, looked for any lacerations or anything like that. And now at this point, we are watching the horse come towards us. How much does, you talked about skipping. I feel like a lot of times you can tell a lot about how they're skipping by where their head is being positioned when they're moving in the gate. Right. So that's a that's the old phrase or the phrase that you've probably heard about, you know, heard phrases saying that they bob their head when they're hurting on a leg. So as they're coming to you, it's really the most obvious. Let's take an abscess, for instance. That's a very obvious lameness. And the horse sometimes almost looks like as if they broke the leg and they're, they can't hardly even put the foot down. They're towing it and hopping off it. Those are the obvious lamenesses that almost any horse person, even a new one to the horse world, can, find, can say, oh, my goodness, they won't put any weight on that right front leg, and I don't know what's wrong. I think it's broken. Well, there's no heat or swelling in the entire limb, so most likely it's in the hoof, and it's most likely an abscess because that's the most common, unless they did do something to their coffin bone, which is not that common. But anyway, uh, so as they're trotting towards you, you can also see them using their head to get off of that front limb. So, okay, so let's do a little physics here. We've got a few minutes. You're sitting on a teeter-totter, seesaw, one of the two, whatever you want to call them. And the center of the teeter-totter, and you and Glenn are on either end, teeter-tottering it, the center is where your saddle is. And you can pick whomever you want to pick to be the tail and the head. <laughs> I'll let the two of you work that out. I'm the head, he's the tail. <laughs> I knew that was coming. And so, yeah, I did too. As, <laughs> and as you're teetering, the head goes up and the tail will go down. And then the head will go down and the tail will go up. So the idea is, is the center of gravity of a horse is where the saddle hits. If the front end hurts, are they going to put a whole bunch of weight on that front end? On that teeter-totter? No, that end's going to go high up in the air to help lift those front legs off the painful one. So their head's going to go up pretty high to keep from putting so much weight on that front leg. Now the teeter-totter tail, not going to say who that is, would go really high up if the back end hurt. So that makes the teeter-totter head go downward. Am I making any sense here so far? Yes, yes. There's a phrase that I think sometimes can be incorrectly taken and I know it's meant in good measure, is down on the sound, meaning the head goes down on the sound leg and up on the lame leg. So in a two-beat gait, right, left, right, left, right, left, as they're trotting, the head's going up on the left leg and, in this person's term, down on the right front leg and up on the left leg and down on the right front leg. That's not necessarily meaning that that right front leg is sound, if the head is going higher than it normally should, it means it's lame on the left front leg. Did I make sense on that one? Yes. So uh, now th- this would be down on the sound. What I like to think of is for a front leg lameness. Right. Correct. But if you look at a horse trot, so every time you go to a show, watch all the horses go. They all hold their head at a particular level that's comfortable for them. Some are about mid-chest, some are higher than mid-chest, some are a little lower than mid-chest, but they're about mid-chest, and that's their norm. Once they hurt, they're going to go either higher on that plane or lower on that plane. Higher means front end, lower means back end. Does that make sense? Wait a second. Say that again. I got to follow along. (laughs) So you're on your teeter-totter, think the teeter-totter, 
and they have a level. So the two of you have leveled out on your teeter-totter. Nobody's higher or lower. So everybody's level. That's how the horse trots. Level, 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 level. Okay. When the front end hurt, hurts, that teeter-totter will go up higher on that one leg that hurts on the okay. teeter gate. And then it will come back down to level. It won't go all the way down when the other leg hits. It just comes back down to normal. But if when it's the back a... End hurts, okay. That head will go below level when that back leg hits because they're trying to get off the back end. So their head is going farther forward and downward to get the weight off the rear end. Interesting. Oh, I didn't ever think about that um, as far as they'll overload the front legs to get off of the hind legs. Which goes to your comment that we first started and said, I think all four horse, all four legs of my horse is lame. Well, there's a possibility. Maybe three of the four are because there's might have been some compensation going on before it got significant enough for you to start to look at. So as we're taught in school, one leg is lame and you work on it. And this is how you work up the lame leg because we all have to be taught a certain way of nerve blocks and and flexion tests and things like that. But in general, if a, a quadruped has been lame on one leg for quite some time, and I mean over weeks, another leg is going to be compensating for that. It could be the opposite forelimb, it could be a hind limb, but there's possibly another leg that's starting to get sore. I like to think of it like this, Dr. Jones. Okay, if my, if, if, like save for an abscess, if there's a, a weight-bearing lameness means that it hurts when the horse puts its foot on the ground and goes to put weight on it. I like to think of that like I try to explain it to people as put a, a thumbtack in the bottom of your shoe. And yes. see how you walk with that. And you're going to barely step and then drop into the other one. Okay. Right. Now talk a little bit about whether it, when it's a knee or carpus injury, you know, if it's that you're not going to want to bend it. So you're going to lift that a little higher and fall into the opposite one. Exactly. Exactly. And you'll see that in the hind end too, with a hawk um, flexion is they won't want to lift the hawk up. So they'll lift up via their hip and then their back muscles or gluteal muscles get sore because they can't flex that hock. They're kind of using the rump to move that hind leg forward rather than their hock joint. So, okay. So that's why. Neck to move that leg forward. So, so how many times, okay, I've got a couple questions here. So you talk about that, that overcompensation of the horse's haunches and back muscles because they don't want to flex their hocks. So they lift their back up a little bit more. Um, how many times do people say my horse's back is sore and I need you to inject the back or do something with the back? And it turns out it's the hocks. Um, I wouldn't say all the time. There's a lot of times where the back is sore and we'll start. I usually start lower on the limbs, blocking as you go up. If you block out the hocks, the horse moves more comfortably with still a little slight soreness from being sore in the back. So I don't necessarily inject the backs. I'll inject the hocks and tell them to give a little time off. Or we might do muscle relaxers if the back is that sore or a little bit of butte or Equiox, something for an anti-inflammatory to kind of help the back out a little bit because it had been overcompensating for quite some time. How many times do people call you and tell you, my horse's shoulder is lame, he's hurting in his shoulder, and you get out there and it's the foot? All the time. That's almost 100%. <laughs> that it's... one's an easy one. So if we get the call, we have a shoulder lameness, it's um, almost always the foot. 
80% of lamenesses are in the feet. You can't see any heat or swelling on the limbs. It's probably in the foot. Now, granted, there are some areas up in the big muscle mass of the gluteals and stuff where you couldn't see the swelling. But unless it was a traumatic incident, it's most likely in the foot if they're that ouchy, like you said, an abscess where you step on a tack and you're hopping off of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other thing I think is very, very helpful for horse owners to do and learn is how to get a digital pulse. And they can ask their vets to show them any time of the day. The vets are out there doing a vaccine, an exam, whatever it is, how to check for a pulse in the foot. If you go to the hospital, nurses are checking for pulses in your ankle to make sure that you've got good blood flow in your legs. When you get a really bad headache, not a migraine necessarily, just a bad, bad headache, you can feel a pulse at your temple. It's just pounding. Same thing for a horse. When their foot really hurts, they're going to get a pounding pulse in their ankle when their foot hurts really bad with like an abscess or a bruise or, God forbid, a fracture. It's going to be a pounding, pounding pulse. A tear of the tendons down there is not going to give you a pounding pulse. And sometimes bone edema, which is uh, our early terms now for navicular bone edema, may not get a pulse either. But something that's pretty significant in the foot, like an abscess or a bruise, you'll get a pulse down in the foot. And why is why is that? Is it because they're trying to push a lot of blood to the area that hurts? It's like your head. Why why do you get the pulse at your temple when you have the bad headache? It's that I don't excess, know. <laughs> yeah, the the blood flow has reorganized its way of going around to fix whatever the problem is, and it gives you that more constricted pulsing aspect right at your temple. Same with their foot. It's it's trying to feed, take care of whatever's down there. It's reorganizing the blood flow to wherever it needs to go, and it becomes a heavier pulse. Fascinating. You can well, pulse in the feet, but not as strong as when you have problems. Laminitis is another one. People will get upset. They think, you know, both front feet are tender. Oh, I think my horse is foundered. You'll have a pounding pulse in that foot if you have laminitis. Huh. Interesting. Well, Dr. Jones, this is, as always, you just explained everything so well and so perfectly. Where can people go to find out where they can find you or ask you questions or or learn more? Oh, we always take questions. It's at floridaequine.com and you can go in and fill in the box with your questions, whatever they are, and we'll go ahead and answer them back. Why am I, I always, why am I always the horse's ass is my question. Why do I, always get <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't put you there, Glenn. I, I opened it up. I left you know, it open. I started thinking if Glenn and I were on a teeter totter together, I would be up all the time. You would be. He's a lot oh, bigger than me. <laughs> I'm like six one. She's like five two. There would be no teetering. It would be a lot of tottering. It would be nothing. <laughs> I was this whole you. time. I you knew were I was going to get about... some humor this morning. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> all the time you were talking about, it, I was like, I wouldn't be going down. I'd be up in the sky. <laughs> me too, so you'd Jamie. And lameness all the time. Yes, yep. that's right. Be lame all the time. Doctor Jones, Florida Equine is a great website. You guys can go check it out. There's a lot of client forms and things you can learn from their website, floridaequine.com. Dr. Aaron Denny Jones, please uh, come back again soon. Coach Jen here, HRN Chaos Control Officer and host of the Horse Tip Daily Show here on Horse Radio Network. Longtime Horse Radio Network fans know that I'm a big fan of Wintech saddles. I've been riding in them for about 20 years now. Whether I'm eventing, showing in dressage, or fox hunting, or hitting the trail at an endurance competition, I know my saddle fits my horse, and it's going to hold up to the toughest conditions and look great doing it. 
You may be wondering exactly which saddle do I use for this varied group of disciplines? Well, WinTech makes saddles for every discipline. That's how. I have several. And WinTech doesn't sit on their laurels. 2019 brings even more innovation to the saddle range, so head out to your local tax store and have a sit-in one. Or you can contact your favorite online retailer, arrange a test ride, or check them out online at wintechsaddles.us. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show. <laughs>